welcome to the Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral Podcast. This is, of course, Eddie Cohn. I'm the host, the creator of the madness behind the spiritual spiral. I thought my next podcast was going to be my conversation with Adam Mesnick, owner of Deli Board San Francisco. Um, it's a restaurant, obviously, in San Francisco. I just finished editing the podcast. It's going to go live Tuesday or Wednesday, but I have been thinking a lot the last few days about a few things regarding my last podcast and sort of this epiphany that I had regarding Instagram and social media and technology, and I wanted to talk about it a little bit more. I wanted to talk about Euphoria, this television show on HBO that I'm still watching, and I wanted to talk about this concept of storytelling, which again, I thought about after the conversation that I had with Adam. And of course, I'm going to have a a little prelude to the conversation with Adam, but I didn't want a 15-20 minute conversation or a discussion before Adam's podcast, so I'm going to talk about it a little bit today. And I have a surprise guest tomorrow. Don't want to spoil it, spoil it, but he and I have been texting and DMing back and forth over the last few months. He's in LA part-time, so I'm really excited to have him on the show. It looks like he's going to be coming over tomorrow. As always, before I get into it, if you dig the show, share it with your friends, write a review on iTunes, write a review on Google. That stuff really helps. It's incredible how that those simple acts can really spread the word and get some more t- traction behind the show. Also, I have a Patreon at Patreon, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com backslash Eddie Cohn. Head over there. You can support the show as little as a dollar a month because there's some things going on behind the scenes where I'm trying to build the show even bigger um, to sort of correspond with the release of my book. I'm very close to the end of that. I brought up this concept last week about being home and how important that is. So I sort of touched on this concept last week, where despite the fact that you may love your job or despise your job, maybe your children have a great day at school, maybe they have a terrible day at school, but there was this essence of structure, home, community, Once five o'clock, six o'clock, seven o'clock hits in the evening, everybody gathers together and parents, ideally in a perfect world, have the potential to create structure, to create values, to create a home life where they talk to their spouse, they talk to their kids, they teach manners, they teach the importance of values and what's most important, hopefully reading, being honest, responsibilities. It could be a gamut of things. Cooking, love, hobbies. I mean, all of these can help create stability. And I realize how challenging, despite all of that, despite parents' attempts to create that stability at home and values, even before technology up until 15, 20 years ago, I'll say about 15 because the internet really started to become more accessible once the smartphone arrived. Even before cell phones and smartphones and the internet, 
it was really challenging. I'm not a parent, but I certainly know from my friends, through my own parents, and through reading and talking about this kind of thing, up until 15 years ago, being a parent is really freaking impossible. It's really hard. It's really challenging. But because there wasn't so many television shows, typically there was maybe one phone in the house, one television, maybe there weren't any, there were certainly no cell phones, there was a really good chance that parents could teach values and teach the importance of conversation and feelings and listening and sharing stories and history and reading. And I really believe that that has been uprooted because of technology and smartphones and those moments at home when families get together and I'm positive they still exist. I'm sure those moments too still happen. At least I'd like to hope so. But I almost feel as though those moments at home after 7 p.m. when parents build that structure, build the value of doing your homework and communicating and being honest, I, I don't know if that's as readily possible as it used to be. I think technology and Snapchat and Instagram has uprooted all of that and made it so much more challenging for that structure of home value building to exist. And I think instead of all talking, watching maybe one show together, listening to the radio or having dinner and talking and communicating and hearing about people's days and connecting. Instead, you know, one daughter is thinking about Snapchat. Uh, Your son is thinking about Instagram and something that happened on Instagram because kids are constantly talking about Instagram and Snapchat. And maybe a husband is looking at something on Snapchat or Instagram, or maybe your wife is looking at it. I mean, you're not focused on the values of building a home life. You're not focused on your partner. You're not focused on your kids. Your kids aren't listening or learning lessons about values and what's important. Everybody's mind is on innumerable different and so many possible different things. We get home to feel normal. We get home to feel safe or we stay home to feel that essence of safety. But emotionally and mentally, people are all over the place. And I think that is, once that is uprooted, once that sense of home, structure, safety is uprooted, and I don't even mean that people are worried that somebody's going to break into their house. It's almost as if the analogy Instagram and Snapchat and technology have invaded everybody's home. This is a really important point. So I've been watching Euphoria. What's going on? And Euphoria sort of touches on this. What's happening is we are living two lives if we're not careful. We have our real life and we have our social media life. And that lies, that there, therein lies the problem with so many people. Life already is so incredibly challenging. I can't even 
you all know, I don't need to preach to you. We all have our struggles. But what's happening is people are creating a different life in social media. And that's where the chaos, the mental instability, the depression, the anxiety, the the addiction, people can, managing your real life is already really challenging. What's going on is real life is, your real life is having a battle very often with your social media life. Now, I've started to think about this a lot. If social media is just, and your social media persona is just sort of an extension of your real life, I think you're being, you're successful. You're managing social media, I think, in a pretty healthy way. Using social media to extend a retreat that you may have, or a podcast that you may have, or a gig that you may have. I mean, in that regards, it makes sense to use social media. It's an extension of your real life. But what often happens, I think, especially with children, and it becomes very clear to me in euphoria that this is what's happening, is your real life is boring, or it's not inspiring, or you're not getting love or attention, or you're not getting the dopamine hits. And so then people end up creating, instead of finding that, instead of finding the love, finding the inspiration, the passion in your real life, people start to veer more and more towards their fake Instagram life. That Instagram fake life starts to take up more of your time, more of your energy, more of your thoughts. And before you know it, it gets out of control. People are starting to move more towards the artificial life and away from their real life. The problem, however, lies in you don't get real deep. You don't get real love from social media, Instagram. It's all temporary. It's all a quick fix. It doesn't create true love and give you the strength and the confidence to move through life. What's happening is is that kids especially are relying on their fake Instagram social media life for attention and love, but it's not enough to make you happy. It sort of will give you this instantaneous rush of dopamine, but it fades away. Very similarly to a drug, it doesn't last. And that's where the addiction happens and is created. That's where people start to rely and pay more attention to their fake second life that they've created on Instagram as opposed to their real life. And, and then what happens is, is that, you know, the fake life can feel so exciting and intoxicating and it can make it feel like a dream. But then when you put the phone down and you get back to your real life and your real life problems, making money, your relationships, your friends, that's where the chaos, I really believe, is created. 
You can't manage both. But that's what people are doing. They're trying to fulfill or satisfy their loneliness, their depression, their anxiety. They're trying to fix all of that through a platform. And it feels like it can be fixed when you get a like or you take your clothes off and people want to give you a heart sign or want to reach out to you on Snapchat, but it's not enough to sustain you creating two lives. I really believe people have two lives. So I think it's important to ask yourself, and it's just taken me a while to sort of come to this resolution and figure this all out, but if social media is merely an extension of your real life, I think you're winning and you're using social media in a healthy way. But if you start using technology, specifically Instagram and Snapchat, to replace your real life, or you start nurturing and spending more of your attention on that fake life than your real life, then that downward spiral is going to get out of control, and then you're going to be stuck managing two lives. And my last segment here, and this goes to something that I've been really thinking about ever since talking to Adam, my guest, that will be live on Tuesday or Wednesday. Again, he's the owner of Delhi Board San Francisco. And bear with me here. This can probably feel, this may feel a little hard to comprehend, but I'm going to do my best. And it's something that I really thought about as he was telling this story. He's telling a story about being chased by a homeless person. There's a huge drug problem, fentanyl problem in San Francisco. It's pretty damn big in Los Angeles too. And again, I... I'm not saying technology is to blame, but in order for big changes to happen, it's going to require focus and attention, and it's going to require people to not be distracted by their phones. And our society's inability to focus and to stay present on a particular issue until there is a resolution is virtually impossible. And I do think it's because of the media moving on from one story to the next and our cell phones constantly distracting us from the issues at hand. So Adam is telling the story and I'm realizing something. I wasn't there. I wasn't being chased. So as he's telling the story, my brain is creating the visual in my head. I'm imagining him running. I'm imagining what this homeless person must look like as he is waving a bat in the air and chasing him. And and I was thinking, let's say Adam was telling this story to 10 people. We would all sort of have our own interpretation of the story based on our own brain's ability to have an imagination. And I started to think about Instagram's usage of the word story. You know, when people story something, 
it's a quick 15 second snapshot of maybe somebody having a piece of bread or lunch or going to the spa or going to a museum. And we're seeing that quote unquote story. But I was thinking, it's not a story. And how valuable it is for people to tell stories. And I started to think, wow, stories help kids have an imagination. And I'm thinking if kids do nothing but see things all the time, and parents don't tell stories where parents or where kids can then use their imagination to imagine what this story may look like in their heads, we are in serious trouble. That's why reading is so important because no matter, let's say a hundred people read a book or read a story in a newspaper, everybody's going to have their own interpretation in their brain as to what something looks like based on their brain function and based on their past and their ability to create something in their heads. But if everything is visually given to somebody, if somebody sees everything, if kids see everything all the time and they aren't told a story where they have to use their brain, use their own imagination to create this story in their head, then kids' ability to create and imagine is going to go away. Stories, people aren't telling stories anymore. And these, this idea that Instagram is creating stories for you to share, those aren't stories. Stories are, there's a main character, there's a conflict, or there's a resolution, or there's, there is this idea that somebody tells a story and then you use your imagination to imagine how it looks. And I think that's something that is slowly being lost. And I was thinking about that concept as Adam was telling his story. I was thinking, wow, we really need to reconnect with this idea of a story, sharing stories, passing stories along, reading stories to kids so kids' brains can imagine and daydream and create an imaginary world in their brains. I see these commercials where they're reminding parents to put their phones down and read to their kids and tell their kids stories. If kids do nothing but stare at their phones and stare at the visual all day, I'm positive there's repercussions to kids' ability to imagine and create. So again, I feel some sort of contempt and some sort of resentment towards Instagram, the way they cleverly use these words to, you know, they, they talk about DMs as conversations. No, DMs are not conversations. Conversations are happen when two people are talking. I posted a podcast about that a couple months ago. And stories, no, Instagram stories are not stories. Movies are stories. You know, when there's a main character, when there's an arc, when people are struggling to find their way or people share uplifting stories about success, 
failure, um, redemption, allowing your brain to create the story, imagine what something looks like. I mean, those are stories, and we need to tell real stories to kids where they can create this imaginary, inspiring world in their heads. I think it's so valuable now to tell stories, not share these meaningless 15-second stories on Instagram, but tell stories that inspire just felt inspired to talk about these concepts, these ideas that I've been thinking about over the last few days. A lot of them were inspired by the conversation that I had with Adam and the story he told. I'm, you know, I really think about the, I think a lot about the power of conversation, sitting face to face with somebody and talking to them, hearing their words, hearing their story. It's inspiring. Adam Mesnick, Deli Board, SF. He's next up on the podcast. It should drop on Tuesday or Wednesday. Have a few yoga teachers lined up over the next few weeks. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Huge thanks, as always, to Podbean for being awesome for featuring my podcast on their website this last week. My book is almost done. Very close. I'm hoping in the next couple months it'll be finished. Then I'm off to finding a publisher. I... Again, if you want to take yoga class with me, I teach over at Hyperslow, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Sundays. I started a new studio on, uh, in about a week and a half on Mondays. I'll let you know once that happens. Follow me on Instagram. You can hit me up at Twitter. Any questions, you can ask anything you want. And as always, thanks for your support, being a part of the Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral podcast. <laughs>